Hello and welcome to Business Line podcast. I am your host Jyoti Bantia and today we'll talk about the fintech industry in India. The fintech sector in India, especially in terms of startups, has seen a gigantic growth throughout the years. Uh in the last one year, even though the with the funding winter, the fintech sector has attracted enough amount of fundings from investors. To talk more about the sector, we have Ramnath RV, co-founder of Hyperface. and madhu shalini ayer managing partner at rocketship welcome to both my guest my first question is to uh, madhu if you could please let us know about the funding that the sector has uh, attracted over the past few years and e- even during the funding winter and what do you think would be the funding in the sector looking like in the next couple of years Yeah I think um uh, good to be here thanks a lot Jyoti for uh the invite on the uh, on this podcast um uh, and excited to be here uh, let me just uh, start by introducing uh, myself very quickly to give uh, folks context uh, who are listening uh, um uh, I am I am a man- managing partner at a, a global uh, fund um and we are uh, based in the valley i'm uh, speaking from silicon valley right now um uh, but we make investments all across the globe um with a data driven strategy uh, and uh, we of course are in india uh, a lot of companies of our portfolio companies are in india in fund 1 and fund 2 and even in fund 3 as we make investments um fintech is uh, a big part of our portfolio we are in dhan uh, we are in jar uh you know we've uh, we've looked at a lot of other investments uh but you know suffice to say that uh you know we are obviously pretty interested in fintech and we keep evaluating a lot of uh, bets in fintech um you know coming to your specific question about the uh, about the funding uh you know in this sector uh and and sort of the and the funding increase or decrease and and the outlook of funding um look i think uh, if india's uh, dreams of a 2047 economy are to be reached uh, fintech's obviously going to play a really large part uh, in it uh, and uh, you know and there is a lot of focus uh you know uh, on uh, on the sector um one of the things that uh, you know we've seen is that uh, india has remained strong economically it's a large market op- opportunity solving for a lot of indian consumers fi- you know financial inclusion so on and so forth uh there's significant amounts of dry powder across vc um and uh you know the um the economic significance of this is obviously pretty high as well in terms of the fintech sector um there is been a little bit of a chill because um you know some of the ipos have not done well uh, and you know and and that's something that we obviously all have to come to reckon with that uh, the ipo window uh, you know has to open up and solidly and 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 you know uh, the performance has to be sort of commensurate to uh, the amount of funding uh, that you know th- that we uh, that we are uh, anticipating um and so accessing some of the funds uh, can be challenging um especially for startups and smaller fintech companies uh, the decline in the ipos and the investor cautiousness cautiousness can really impact this funding access so uh, i believe that there is opportunity but there's a lot of caution uh, but the good news is that fintech is you know a major sector and there's a lot of dry powder uh, among a lot of vcs absolutely given the fact that the sector has experienced quite a bit of funding wave even during the funding winter 
uh, it's good to know the thoughts on the same. Uh, Ramna, if you could please comment on the same. See, uh, we, we, we've been, uh, we are a company in the B2B sector, but we also get to work very closely with the B2C sector as well, right? The past few years, I think particularly after COVID, uh, there is a huge dramatic resurgence of, uh, let's say, distribution happening through digital and uh, perhaps it has exposed a lot of chinks in the armor, right? Which is why there is a there is now a lot of caution, um, uh, even amongst the regulators across the, the globe, across the entire globe, uh, where uh, we are we are revisiting certain some of these fundamentals, right? And that is causing a bit of a disruption to say. Um, uh, definitely, we see a constraint. We see uh, caution coming from the venture capitalists to uh, uh, to fix our business models, right? Uh, the whole trend of to going towards profitability, right? Uh, those kind of signals are the ones which we are receiving today. Nevertheless, we do see quality funding uh, being uh, actually chasing some of the uh, interesting business models and uh, some reputed founders. We do see that happening quite a lot. Right. So what gives is that if the business model is sound and if the if the founders uh, do come up with the right uh, models and the right distribution uh, target audiences, right, funding is definitely happening. Right. And there's always this kind of contraction and expansion that happens. It's very uh, normal in this industry. I am quite positive because there is a lot of work that needs to be done, particularly in a country like India. Uh, while you know other countries uh, look at uh, digital for uh, efficiency, in India, digital perhaps will be the only means because in India, things are expensive, energy is expensive. So which means taking uh, a particular product to the last mile is very expensive if we have to do it physically. Uh, uh, but through digital delivery, thanks to the penetration of mobile phones and uh, uh, wireless internet, digital delivery is extremely efficient and actually makes a lot of business uh, models viable. Right? And, and hence, in fact, it's an imperative that if we have to grow to a much larger economy and we'll have to get the last, uh, uh, the last mile product delivery to every nook and corner of the country, then obviously digital is the way and their fintech plays a very, very important role. So the market size is massive and uh, it's only a matter of time before, let's say we get a lot of these pieces of the puzzles correct. And this opens up a huge, huge opportunity for uh, uh, for all kinds of investors, right? Be it the corporate VCs, be the angel investors or be the venture investors, the private equity. I think funding will not be a problem, just that we have to keep patience. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of the trends that the sector is seeing, whether it is tech or in terms of regulatory trends, what are the trends that you have noticed in the industry? Ram, if you could please go first. Yeah, a lot of uh, investment is actually happening into the fundamental technology, which is a great thing. We, we do see uh, many companies revisiting uh, uh, very basic products as well. Like for instance, fraud and risk control, 
there's a lot of compliance tech and reg tech that is being built. Like we saw the wave of identity companies grow in the last one decade, right after the India stack actually happened. I think the next decade will see a wave of evolution happening there as well, right? Um, uh, better like, digital identification, digital signatures, better uh, products for uh, uh, fraud and risk management, continuous risk management, um, and again, very cost-effective, doing so in a very cost-effective manner, then doing so in a real-time manner as well, right? Because we cannot have a lag uh, for when the data comes, immediately the, the systems will have to respond. So we're seeing a lot of investments going to that as well. Right? So across the board, across the entire stack, we are seeing that uh, new products are coming. In terms of the B2C, the fundamental theme of democratizing access to many of these financial products, be it uh, simple fractional real estate investment or be it uh, just gold savings, we're seeing that many of these products are getting democratized at several levels. That is a trend which will continue for the next two decades. I'm, I'm absolutely uh, uh, positive about that because India is a very growing market. I think 90% of growth is, uh, is actually going to come for us. Right? Unlike a developed economy where growth is, uh, where it is very saturated, right? We have a long way to catch up right? in terms of delivering these services. So that theme is going to play out in a big way in the next two decades. Absolutely. Madhu, your thoughts on the same place? I think I, uh, you know, I, there's, um, Ram has covered a lot of it. Um, uh, look, and I think the increased usage of AI, um, you know, across some of the fintech applications, uh, there's a lot of potential uh, for deployment, uh, you know, uh, across risk management, back office automation, uh, reporting, content creation, education, advisory, underwriting, you know, uh, sort of uh, so on and so forth. So there's there's just a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of B2B and B2C opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities for, um, you know, uh, smaller fintechs uh, to work with the uh, with the bigger FIs, uh, you know, and drive the growth of the sector. Um, there's just, uh, you know, and I, I would definitely say that um, uh, lending and financial inclusion, I mean, those have been happening, but, uh, uh, you know, now with AI, uh, uh, there is going to be, you know, uh, a, a, a huge wave of uh, you know of things getting un unlocked in a different way uh, there's obviously the convergence of e-commerce and fintech and embedded lending and uh, uh, you know simplification of payment me uh, mechanisms uh, and of course this is all uh, accelerated also by ondc and the the oce and sort of protocols um, uh, look i think that in if uh, you know, if uh, there is going to be an increase in the MA activity and consoli consolidation driven by leaders, you know, as with the Bharat Pay, the Trillion NBFC in 2023, uh, a lot of small and mid-sized FIs are attractive targets for larger players. So there's going to be a lot of consolidation and this really affects the way some of the private equities and VCs and, uh, you know, other investors view the uh, the ecosystem. Um uh, and like I said, right in the beginning, uh, you know, for the 2047 opportunity, fintech is going to play a huge role. Uh, there's obviously, you know, a huge amount of population in India that's underserved. 
uh, and financial inclusion is a huge, uh, you know, is a very big deal uh, to unlocking the potential of the economy. Absolutely. What are the main challenges that are currently faced by the fintech industry when it comes to whether it is from the regulatory aspect or whether it's from the technological aspect? Or if you could please shed light on the same, Madhu, if you could please go first. Yeah, I think, look, um, some of the challenges, obviously, as I alluded to, are that there just needs to be better IPOs. There just needs to be... Um, uh, you know, there there needs to be a little bit of a cloud removed just in terms of the investor appetite. Um, uh, and that I think will definitely happen. Uh, there's obviously the, um, you know, the, the so the challenges again are also like, so this is vis-a-vis -vis the funding. There was a slowdown in funding over the last year, as was your first question. Uh, and there's greater focus on cutting costs and minimizing risks just across the board. Um, you know, um, slow tech transitions at legacy uh, financial institutions, you know, still sort of outdated tech stacks uh, in some, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, long deployment cycles, uh, even for financial institutions that are partnering with, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, with these. Uh, and then just uh, coming to now the slow bureaucratic sales cycles. Uh, but then finally, you know, I should say the regulatory environment, right? Like uh, that's obviously sort of a little bit of an elephant in the room. Um, uh, there is there is just uh, there's just a lot of regulatory challenges as well, right? Because um, uh, first of all, there's market saturation and competition, but then the regulatory challenges. Uh, you know, while the government is quite supportive, the ever evolving regulatory landscape, you know, could pose challenges and, and potentially impacting, uh, you know, sort of downstream and upstream uh, interest uh, across the board. Um. Um, so you know, I I do think that the the regulatory framework the framework enhancement, uh, you know, it's it's a really it's a it's a really big one there, and you know, and how do you sort of uh, how do you sort of navigate these regulatory challenges, and how does the sector nav navigate it, right? Like, uh, there's there's a lot of debate. There's you know, how do you sort of uh, reckon with this? I I suppose, uh, you know, and uh, and that I would say you know, sort of also the regulatory uncertainty goes into sort of cybersecurity risks. Um, you know, it's all sort of a chicken and egg sort of a problem. Uh, you also have obviously like now crypto currency regulation has to come into India. Um, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll pause there, but like, I, you know, I'm happy to expound on some of these themes more uh, a little bit later in the podcast. Absolutely. Tom, if you could please shed the light on the same. See, uh, uh, picking on from where uh, uh, picking up the thread from where Madhu left, I think what is clear to all of us is that the regulatory arbitrage is vanishing. Uh, startups can not afford to actually bet on that and then believe that okay, they they will be able to build a large company on the basis of that. Now, having said that, regulation always tends to favor incumbents. Right. So it's it's far more easy to depend on an institution that we've already depended on to, let's say, drive innovation. Right. But unfortunately, things don't work that way. Institutionalized innovation rarely works, right? which is where we have to figure out if if the regulator feels and I do believe that they feel, then what are they doing to foster? Right. If, do they feel that fintechs are extremely important to drive the innovation agenda? 
to drive financial inclusion agenda. And then in that case, then how are we actually encouraging fintechs through policies, right? Uh, I'll give you one small example as to the minimum net worth requirement to operate in a licensed area, right? That tends to actually then pretty much favor the incumbents or already funded companies, right? A small startup can never aspire to uh, to be able to play that game at all because your minimum net worth requirement tends to be four, five million dollars, right? So, so then how are we saying that, okay, we are fostering the, uh, the growth of the startups, right? So there's a dichotomy there. Right? That's, that's one big challenge, right? Where at a policy level, the clarity has to emerge that the country is, uh, is uh, pushing startups, the growth for the growth of the startups, right? It's actually uh, creating that environment for the growth of the startups. That's very important, right? And the second thing is, uh, obviously, the the once the problem has been solved, we have to show that the real value exists, right? I think this is where the companies that have actually already grown and matured have to show that, okay, there is a real viability to creating a business here, right? And that will come through the efficiencies that they are able to uh, in technology, right? Today, a lot of companies are, let's say, wild saying that that the mindset has to be that we will be able to technology marketing in a sustainable way rather than blowing up money, right? I think these are these are the major challenges which today the fintech industry uh, uh, is facing, right? We we one of the days where you can raise let's say millions and millions of dollars and then keep blowing up that money to uh, generate customers only to realize that you were, you are never on the path to profitability right and indexing on lending to me seems uh, seems like a very shallow approach rather than indexing on product innovation right and and then the regulatory arbitrage is gone but the but does the regulator create a very fostering environment for startups for the small innovative tech companies to come up and then to be able to operate in an environment where you have hundred billion dollar companies operating, right? I think I think those those are really the biggest challenges that the fintech industry is facing. What are the emerging technologies in the financial services sector that have actually benefited the last mile customer? Ram, if you could please go first. That has benefited the customer you're seeing. Yeah. Or benefited yeah. even the startups, like emerging technologies, even in the startup sector that, you know, have really helped the sector to bloom and to help the customers, re help to reach the last mile customers in terms of technology. Absolutely. Look, uh, in, in India, we have uh, we have a fantastic digital identity stack, right? Which has uh, which has actually enabled a lot of startups and, and those technologies have uh, not only helped us build, a lot of B2B companies have flourished. Uh, you look at companies like Perfios, which have recently, which have recently raised significant uh, amount of funding, right? And they've become a global company now. Uh, to the B2C companies, right, that have been built on top of this bedrock of APIs, right? Uh, be delivering instant loans or instant investments or investments into gold-like products or fractional real estate. Across the financial services team, we have we are seeing that with lending, savings, investing, advice, bonds, 
we're seeing many companies have actually democratized access to that. And that's that's playing out in a in a very, very large way. It'll only compound from here, right? That story is going to going to sell itself. And on the B2B side, we're seeing that significant amount of investments being made by companies on the digital identity, the product management, then compliance management, regulatory, uh, in fact, RegTech has to improve uh, even more. I think it will improve. The next decade, we'll see a lot of companies uh, uh, build, build that as well. So this together, these, these ecosystems that I think they've taken a very ecosystem-centric approach for uh, APAs for problems such as digital identity, uh, that has really enabled us to build faster, really faster. Right? And, and then on top of that, we have uh, other services that have been opened up, right? Either the market creates it or the industry body creates it. It, it doesn't matter because these open up in any case and then uh, allows us to build very interesting products on top. For instance, today, gold savings is a market-driven innovation, right? It is not a, it's not a government-driven or a, or a regulator-driven innovation, market-driven innovation that has enabled a lot of customers to actually make savings into the product that they love so much. Absolutely. Madhu, your thoughts on the same? You know, I don't have much more to expand on whatever Ram said. Um, you know, and I've also touched upon this earlier, uh, other than the protocols and the stacks and the, uh, you know, and the governmental support and the open banking ecosystems and the regulation technology, uh, that's, uh, that's really only enhanced the financial services uh, through integrated uh, uh, products, you know, uh, and also the data sharing ecosystem that this has all enabled. I do think that the technological advancements uh, uh, that have come even in things like uh, uh, leveraging advanced technologies for customer acquisitions and onboarding, uh, you know, with AI driven chatbots and virtual assistants uh, and, you know, blockchain technology for customer verification and the use of smart contracts you know, these are all key in, uh, innovations that are enhancing user satisfaction and data integrity across the board, be it a B2B or a B2C startup. Um, obviously, the AI-enabled stuff, uh, you know, AI-enabled, uh, um, I would say the AI innovations, the digital infrastructure, uh, that's also, uh, you know, has been supported. The fintech growth in India has been supported by uh, you know, by the digital public infrastructure. So, you know, I, I really think that the next, uh, you know, wave of, uh, you know, startups, be it B2B or B2C, uh, are going to be able to use a lot of plugins, uh, you know, uh, for all of this. And, you know, and so, yeah. Madhu, your closing thoughts uh, for the podcast as to if you could just sum up and let us know where the fintech industry is heading for and and expand on the same yeah i mean um look i just think that um you know few big things right um the economic contribution and expansion of the of india's fintech sector you know is anticipated to significantly boost the national economy uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, according to numbers, it's going to contribute an additional $400 billion uh, in the next seven years uh, to the economy. 
this growth positions the sector as a cornerstone in India's economic framework, especially in bringing financial services to previously underserved populations. Um, there's obviously a lot of technological advancements which we just spoke about, uh, and and that in itself is just uh, you know is just also sort of underscores how important. Uh, this time is to gra uh, to sort of grasp the opportunity that's ahead of us. Um, the open banking ecosystem and reg tech that we spoke about, that Ram has spoken about, uh, you know, this data sharing ecosystem really obviously enhances the financial services uh, through integrated products. Uh, and additionally, reg tech will play a very crucial role in simplifying the compliance procedures and reducing operational complexities. Um, there's government's, governmental support uh, and the financial inclusions piece that we've spoken about. Um, uh, you know, there's a digital infrastructure in the AI innovations piece. Uh, and then, you know, I, I really do think that, um, you know, there's just so many other things like uh, the regulatory framework fortification. There has to be a strong focus uh, and there is a strong focus on fortifying the regulatory framework for the fintech industry. Uh, ensuring that there is responsible growth and, and responsible innovation. Uh, this includes sort of uh, enhancing financial inclusion and streamlining a lot of credit platforms for small businesses and individuals. Um, so there's just, you know, I, 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 I sort of think that, you know, um, my closing thoughts sort of are that uh, this is a very huge cornerstone uh, this is a $400 billion opportunity for the economy in the next seven years. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's just a, a, a lot of eyes on it. There's a lot of investor interest. Uh, there's a lot of watching the IPO markets very closely to see, you know, how things pan. But irrespective of all of, uh, you know, however things shake out, India is too big an opportunity and fintech is too big an opportunity for uh, you know, everybody not to be sort of like extraordinarily excited about it. So, you know, uh, we at, at Rocketship are really, really excited uh, by India. Uh, we continue to be excited by India, uh, you know, and the startup ecosystem and by the fintech sector in India as well. Uh, and we've made some great investments already. Uh, and we, you know, hope to continue to make some some even better, you know, even uh, bigger uh, bets in India, uh, you know, as we go forward. Ram, your closing thoughts on the podcast? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of uh, the next wave of growth will see very interesting uh, second order uh, implementations. Like for instance, once we've taken a basic product to the customer, uh, now as Madhu said, uh, where are the smart contracts? Right. I think the technology for that will become mainstream, right? And in the same way, I see the implementation of the embracing of the AI as well as really, really playing out in a, these, these trends will play out in a very large way, right? Um, we'll also see that uh, a lot of investment, see it for India, digital is new. It's only been happening for the past two decades. And we are all learning, everyone in the ecosystem is learning, including the regulators also, right? So uh, there is the, uh, there's obviously the notion that, okay, look, we have to, we have to push in that direction, but absolutely ensure that there is safety net across the entire levels of the ecosystem. 
right and and that requires significant amount of uh, uh, monitoring continuous risk monitoring on a regular basis right and and investing in those tools investing in that ecosystem which is which is happening i believe that it will only increase right and uh, we are taking very uh, interesting approaches we are not following the western approach right we ourselves are creating very very new novel approaches for this and this will continue right so we have to balance growth with risk management right new products and things like that where which is going digital uh, where a lot of transformation is happening obviously that needs to be balanced with adequate amount of risk monitoring so that we don't cause damage to people ultimately i think from two decades from now if we see will be much stronger technology wise but helping the common man to prosper using these technologies rather than increasing the risk in their lives Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you to both my guests for the podcast. I hope to see you in person very soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.